This is a Cincy fan talking with LP. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy fan talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore fan talk at yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows? You might find yourself as part of the show. Any feedback would be definitely appreciated. And also, make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my Twitter. Make sure you click on that. You can find all the different ways to contact me there. Enjoy the show. What's up? What's up? What's going on, everybody out there in podcast land? Welcome to another episode of A Sensi Fan Talking with LP. And you got your boy, yours truly, LP, out here grinding it out on the pod. Super close to Christmas time. Um, happy holidays to you and yours. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. However, you do it where you at, man. Like, happy holidays, you know prayers from me to you hope you out there getting what you need giving what you need and just just making it happen out here hope y'all getting a lot of rest too um it's about to go down out here as far as the weather forecast is concerned man they talking about like listen here from thursday night to friday morning they out here talking about the temperature is dropping 40 something degrees in the span of a few hours. I want no parts of this. <laughs> let me let me tell you right now. I want no parts of this here. We will be posted in the house, making sure we grab everything we need to before Thursday night because I am going nowhere <laughs> until all of that's taken care of. I'm not about to freeze my half parts off that driveway will stay covered in snow because nobody's walking on it. Nobody's going off of it. Forget that. Like I'm just making it known right now. You won't see your boy on the news on some hypothermia nonsense. No. We're getting our rations together. <laughs> I'm telling you now. But we're we going to jump into some football talk. If if you saw all the crazy nonsense that happened on Saturday and Sunday, then you know we got to talk a little bit of football. Um, also going to get into why I've been pretty much out of it for the last week or so. A lot of stuff going on on the home front. Um, lost an uncle, as a matter of fact. I appreciate everybody, you know, sending their prayers and condolences and whatnot. Um, that was just kind of one messed up part. In the whole messed up ball that was like the week that was. So we're going to jump into that. And if you can tell by the voice, I'm I'm 95%. <laughs> you feel me? I'm, I'm 95%. I'm, I'm almost up in that. Well, 95% is up in that if you're a parent. You already know what it is. Um, Man, it wasn't like this last week, let me tell you. We're going to jump into all that. Shout out to the Bengals for procuring the big dub <laughs> and 
if if you're a long time listener of the pod, you know my take on the Bengals. It it's how they get down. It's I don't know what it is. It's it's frustrating to watch as a fan, but it's kind of comforting to understand that you're not going to give up your entire Sunday on some wasted effort or something like that. Not like they're not trying 100%. 100%. I mean, they always are. Sometimes the other team is just better. You feel me? But the Bengals fall down 17-0 second half. First, first half, second quarter. Tom Brady looking like Tom Brady of yore, like just slicing and dicing. And, and I'm watching with the wife, and, and we, she got frustrated and wouldn't take a nap. <laughs> I'm watching, and I'm like, they'll get it turned around, but will it be too late? It's like I was saying, it's frustrating to watch the team just zing up and down on the Bengals, but the Bengals have been so good all year on just making adjustments. That's why you're never too worried. It's like it's like when you're playing somebody in, in whatever y'all play. You know, it could be chess. Y'all could play checkers against each other. You could be playing a card game, a video game, you know, somebody that you kind of sort of know. But you're not really into their style, right? You don't know what they're coming with. You've seen them play before. You know what they do, but you're not sure how they're going to play you. So you spend the first part of the game just kind of watching and seeing what happens. You're okay with letting them kind of get off on you. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, I was, I'm kind of the king of that. (laughs) I really am. Like when I'm coaching, I'll kind of do that. I won't let, I won't play my entire hand. I just kind of watch the other team and see what they do and then adjust. Uh, I was talking to a close friend of mine, and he was telling me, like, you know, Peter, one thing I hate about you is, like, you know, you got a game plan, but you don't because you're always adjusting your game plan based on what the other person do. So preparing for a team of yours is hard because y'all play so many different ways depending on how the other team play. And I'm like, that's the Bengals. That's the Bengals' defense. The offense, you know, you know what they're about. You know what they're going to do. They'll smack you in the mouth with a run, but they want to they wanna zing you with the pass. That's the Bengals' M.O. offense. On defense, nobody's really giving them credit for what they do because it's really hard to pinpoint what they do. And I think they do a lot of, we're going to see how you play it out. And then we're going to adjust our entire scheme based on that. So what you saw from the Bengals last week on defense probably won't be what you see this week from the Bengals on defense. And a few years ago, I was giving Lou Anarumo a lot of grief because he rarely blitzes. You don't see a lot of pressure. He expects the front four to get the pressure, and then he kind of drops folks back. That changed with Mike Hilton coming into the squad because Hilton will get to you. <laughs> like, Hilton will blitz you. But... I don't think I appreciated the genius of Anarumo until this year because you can see stark contrast between what happens not even in the first half. It might be the first quarter or the first draft. He's really good at figuring out what you like to do on offense and then figuring out a really cool way to take it away. That's why you don't hear a lot of, you know, rigmarole and rah-rah about – 
the Bengals' defense because they're going to have a different player stepping up every day, every game, because it's how they play. This is the type of defense that will get you to go far in the playoffs. Now, will they win it all? It depends on the breakdown of who they play. Because of how they play on offense and defense, there are certain teams that I really don't want to see them playing. And then there are other teams who I'm like, okay, bring it on. Like any team with a defined style of play is perfect for the Bengals to play. Like I'm not, I won't say I'm not concerned about Buffalo because they got some dogs over there. (laughs) But I would rather play Buffalo than San Diego. Real talk. I don't want to see San Diego in the playoffs because it's like you would think they would have a defined style because they had Justin Herbert back there. But their offense is it's not structured around one person. They can beat you a lot of different ways. They have Austin Eckler back there. They have some really good wide receivers. I think their tight ends are pretty unsung. These are the types of teams that you really don't want to play. When you're facing somebody like a Baltimore or you're facing somebody like a Kansas City or Buffalo, they have core things that they really like to do. And if you can take that away, then it's all good. That's why I'm like, I'm not going to go out and go like, yeah, Bengals all the way. Bengals got this. Of course, I want them to. However, playoffs is really all about matchups. So... I'm really anxious to see who they get matched up against. This game against New England is going to be really good, I think, because New England is another team where they don't really have a sort of style to play. Well, I guess they do. They're going to try to run the ball because, I mean, Mac Jones is eh, mid-range. I mean, <laughs> but he's super mid. I feel like the Bengals can take that game. Then it's on the Buffalo. And... I'll just kind of wait until it's Buffalo week to kind of let my whole thoughts out about Buffalo week. As far as what they do against the Patriots, if they can stop the run game, this should be easy. Now, I'm about to lead into the next part. Should be easy. I'm thinking Bengals 27, Patriots 13. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, before I get into the rest of this, shout out to my man, Big Jim up there, um, running the wheels of steel over there, um, Beretta the Dow. Um, as always, make sure y'all check out the Friday Night Music Party, man. All types of good music, good fun to be had. I cannot imagine the types of things that were broken in Big Jim's house or wherever he was when he saw what happened with the Raiders and the Patriots. There were so many games that just made me look at the TV screen like, are you are you kidding me right now? The Vikings came back from down 33 points. The last time I had seen that, I was 13. And I distinctly remember watching the the wild card game between the Oilers and the Bills when the Bills were down 35 to three and the words from my uncle, 
<laughs> May he rest in peace. The words from my uncle were these exact words. Man, LP, turn this, turn this off. And he went to sleep. Man, turn this off. And he went to sleep. He woke up to just a group of kids and adults gathered around the television, yelling our brains out. And, and he's waking up. He's like, what? What the hell? What the hell going on, LP? Where everybody come from? I'm like, <laughs> look at the score. And the bills had climbed all the way back. <laughs> and we were watching overtime. And this was a playoff game. He was a like, man, why you wake me up? I'm like, I didn't think this was about to happen, Unc. I didn't see this coming. Fast forward to Saturday. And I'm watching the most boring game in the history of life. Man, this couldn't be more boring. You got the Colts up 33 love. Me and the wife joking. I'm telling her, like, you know, back in the day, we used to play Super Tecmo Bowl. Somebody went up 21 points. That's game over. Like, hit reset. This It's a wrap. You're not allowed to keep playing. Like, why should we keep playing and you down 21 nothing? It's not about to get better for you. Oh, no, I might get lucky. Nah, you're going to need luck. <laughs> Run it back. Play me next time. I'm joking with her about that. She fall asleep. She wake up, and it's like... I don't know, 33-21 or some goofy score. She's like, this is a good game. I'm like, eh, kind of, sort of. Then some other crazy stuff happened. And she's like, this is a good game? I'm like, yeah, it's a good game. That happened the entire weekend. I mean, the Bengals came back from down 17, from down 17, nothing. Look. Suffice it to say this, y'all. Like, I'm just going to kind of put a cap on it real quick. Starting January 1st in Ohio, we will be allowed to bet on sports games. We're allowed to go on apps like MGM, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, all that stuff. We're allowed to go ahead and use that and start betting like they do, I don't know, in all of the other states around us. On everything that I love, I will not bet on an NFL game. I, I'm telling you, I'm not doing it. The only way I bet on the NFL game is if the bet is free and I'm guaranteed not to lose any money. You, How do people make money betting on NFL games? Like how? Imagine if you were a Chiefs fan and you bet the Chiefs to cover against the Texans. You know, you like it's it's the Texans. Ha 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 ha. One win Texans. He 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 he. So, you know, you, you decide not to even watch the game. You know, you go out, you do your shopping, you know, you you do whatever you got to do. You like, let me check on my money real quick. And you look and you see the Texans up on the Chiefs in the fourth quarter. <sighs> look. The line between a good NFL team and a bad NFL team is like one of those lines that you draw with like the finest point pen. Real talk. It's that skinny. The Minnesota Vikings are 9-0 in one-score games. That's wild, man. Like, the Minnesota Vikings... (laughs) 
have like a plus two point differential or something like that. A plus three. This is a team that has only lost, what, two, three games this year? And they have scored three more points total than all the other teams they played put together. Man, you can't make this up. The San Diego Chargers are 8-6 right now. They have scored less points than the other teams have scored against them. Real talk. Like, if you put their average points up against uh, all the other teams' average points put together that they played, they would lose an average game. How are you supposed to put bets up against this nonsense? Like, how do you make money as an NFL better? I, I really don't get it. The entire thing just, it seems like Roger Goodell and the boys just sit down and real life write a script. Like, like it's love and hip hop NFL edition, man. Like, it really do feel like that. Like, they sit down and go like, hey, you know what would be crazy, man? Like, let me tell you. I feel like this is their real voices, too. Like, I don't think they sit there like, so here's what would happen. I really think they just kind of kick their shoes off and go, like, man, let me tell you something. What if the Colts, they're supposed to lose, right? What if we make the Colts go up like some crazy number? Throw out a number, Rick. 33. Yeah, what if they go up 33 points, right? And then they lose. That don't make no sense. How would they lose? Now, we're going to make crazy stuff happen, man, like fake sacks and all. Like, we can do that. We're going to make it happen. All right, man, set it up. I'll run a couple of scripts, see how it go. I feel like it's like that, man. This, this is just too wild. Meanwhile, you got, like, the betters going, like, okay, so the line here is, you know, minus four. And plus, I'm like, forget that. Mm-mm. I'll, I'll just watch the games. So <laughs> once betting becomes like a whole thing around here in Ohio, don't expect me on Twitter. Don't don't expect me on the pod to be like, like if you want to bet, here's who you bet for, who's who you bet against. No, sir. Mm-mm. You had three teams. Nope. You, you had, no, four. I think it was four teams who were down like 17 plus. And ended up losing the game. How how do you make a how do you make a conscious bet? I mean, I, I can only imagine me and and I feel really bad for people that get like, you know, addicted to gambling and stuff like that because I, I could see it. Like I could see how it happens. I mean, it's a rush when you get that win. Like people like to prove that they're smarter than other people. They just do. I mean, it it's a common human thing to go like, look. I'm smart at this and I can show you because I can pick who can win this game and I can win us some money. So imagine you being good enough to tell people like, you know, bet this, bet that, bet that. And then they win. I mean, that becomes like an adrenaline rush. It's it's hard to let that go. And I think that's another reason why I'm kind of like really leery on gambling, because, damn, what if I get good (laughs) and then I'm good and then I'm up here banking and winning and then next thing you know i hit a cold streak and we out on the street because lp you know as smart as he is decided to i don't know gamble the mortgage for the next five months on this sure thing that wasn't such a sure thing 
I mean, I cannot imagine if I put up like three, four G's thinking like, yeah, you know, I got the Colts on this and I know they're going to win it. I know they're about to win. They go up 33 nothing. I'm counting my ends. Like, I'm, I'm counting my scratch. Like, yeah, so with the first 2,000, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I'm going to let you buy what you want. And then, you know, you can have this little punk 300. I mean, it's whatever. Like, I'm just counting, I'm just counting my money. Like, that's 10,000, 20,000. And then Solar Power Kirk Cousins just come through and just start ripping off runs. And I'm like, that's my money, Kirk. What are you doing? That's my dough. And then they lose. I I, I would be unconsolable. I, I, would, I would cry in the middle of the floor. And it's not just because they lost. It's how they... We, we've seen some crazy stuff happen in Cincinnati. Like, sports-wise, we up there with the... Like, if you put a misery index... Cincinnati fans, we top five. I always tell people this, and they go like, are you sure? I'm like, look, I won't even bring up anything that happened to the Bengals or anything that happened to the Reds. I can just point you to a few years ago where we had two college teams in the same city a few miles apart, both ranked number one, number two, not even ranked. This was tournament time. So they both had like a one or two seed and they played on the same floor on the same day. And they both had 20 point leads in the second half of their tournament games. And they both lost. You know how wild that is to be a Cincinnati fan and see that happen? Both teams on the same day, on the same floor. Fumble double-digit leads. So, we've seen the misery. The only thing that could be worse is if you have money on it. <laughs> I mean, real talk. I, I can't imagine, like, being Big Jim as cool and composed as he is. Just kind of sitting there watching Jacoby Myers throw that ridiculous backward pass. And then Chandler Jones, a former... Patriot, catch it, and then just mush. <laughs> that was disrespectful, man. The way he just mushed Mac Jones down and then run it back for a touchdown. I- I'm sure the entire greater Boston area tried to jump through the television and tackle Chandler Jones by the ankles. Like, I mean, sports, man, you really can't make this up. It's why we gravitate to sports, you know, as an American collective, especially football, because you never know what's going to happen. You never really know. But I tell you this, though. I know one thing. I'm not betting on this nonsense. <laughs> hey, man, you got a sensey fan talking with LP. We'll be right back. Hi. Hi. I'm Princess and I'm Queen. This is Daddy. You have to say, and this is a sensey fan talking with LP. And this is a sensitive fan talking with LP Day. Nice job. Mm-hmm.
What's up, y'all? We are back. We are back with a Cincy fan talking with ALP. And, of course, this is yours truly, ALP. Appreciate y'all sticking and staying through everything. Um, Yeah, so the the last week plus has been, it's been super tough in the Parker household. I don't want to even hold y'all up. And like I said to everybody in the beginning, thanks for the thoughts and prayers. Y'all definitely appreciate it. Um, Lost my uncle a few weeks ago. We had the funeral last Sunday. And it's it's just one of those things, man. You know where death is a part of life. And as with a family as big as ours in Cincinnati, um, seven aunts, six uncles, a slew of cousins, and a slew of family friends and just it's just a super duper big family so we've we've endured our share of heartache throughout the years I mean we've had some some very great highs and we've had some painful lows and I'm sure it's the same in every family um this last this last year or so last couple years have been like really hard um been losing a lot of male members of our family lately um you know some some of my folks you know they got a little old and you know at some point it happens and it sucks and you can't appreciate you know the long life that they had and then you know we've had gun violence take a couple of my my cousins and you know that definitely hurts because it's not like where, you know, you have this long life and you can understand why it happens because, you know, we all get sent up to the big guy at some point. It's a lot more difficult to take where, you know, people just just get their lives taken and, you know, you're left wondering why. You know, you're you're asking questions like that and, you know, people are going so soon. And that's kind of how we started the year off, you know, losing a cousin due to gun violence and, you know, we started off the year with a funeral, and unfortunately, we ended the year off with a funeral the same way. And, you know, and this was more more like a really terrible accident, and there's not much you can do. You know, Uncle lived to be almost 70, and we definitely appreciated that. We felt like he had a lot more life to live. But the one thing I can say for, you know... A funeral, especially for a funeral with a family as big as ours, and especially a family like ours, because you know there are very few Parkers that are not funny or loud or talkative. I mean, we we don't really have a lot of people that we would consider strangers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The only really good thing about moments like these are the fact that everybody can kind of come together and we can talk and we can, you know, exchange information and kind of keep everybody close because, you you know, families, right? You see people you haven't seen in a long time and you're like, you know, I meant to catch up. Oh, man, I meant to get at you. You know, life happens. You got kids you got your job you have things that you have to do and you don't forget to make those calls you don't forget to send those messages but it's normally I'll get to you 
I got you. You know I love you. And you know you got that love for the family. You know the family loves you. But it's moments like funerals and death and things like that where you just feel that love a little bit more because everybody needs everybody. It's not one of those moments where... I don't know. It's just not. It's just not one of those moments where, you know, you have certain members of the family that care more. You know, everybody loves your uncle, and you know, you have my you have my cousin. You know, his father, and we had to lift him up. You know, because he was really down. And matter of fact, I got to make sure I get at him as soon as you know I, I wrap this up. But you know, it's on everybody to kind of help lift the family members up, and I, I feel like Parker's. I feel like we definitely do that well. It's, I don't know, you know, you're, you're not really masking the pain with laughter and stuff like that, but, you know, you get to hear all these stories about your uncle and you kind of get to share your stories about your uncle and everybody listens and everybody goes like, you know, I had that kind of relationship and I, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's comforting to be in the company of family when you really need them. Like, it really is. And, and I can remember my uncle. I mean, he was he was hilarious. And and that's one thing I could say about every single one of my uncles. And I, I spent large chunks of the pod just talking about my uncles. Because every single one of them brought something different to the table. And I was able to use every piece of my uncle's to become the person I am today. And, you know, I, I told my cousin that when I was at the funeral, I was like, you know, I, I got to learn a little bit from all of my uncles and I got to kind of use those small pieces and and maneuver my way around. He was like, man, that's that's interesting. Because I never really thought about that. I was like, you know, if you look at all of us, we, we all kind of did that. And I can remember my uncle, we were, <laughs> it's hilarious because we were listening to like, you know, Tupac. And this was, I don't know if we got old hip hop heads in the crowd, but this was Tupacalypse Now. This was this was the first Tupac album. You know, he was he was with, you know, Digital Underground. He kinda did his little thing there. But then he broke out on his own. Tupacalypse Now came out and it was like a breath of fresh air. I wouldn't say a breath of fresh air because, you know, you had pop rapping like that, you had public enemy rapping like that, you had Ice Cube rapping like that, but because of where he was from, because he was from Oakland, it just felt different. The vibe felt different because it wasn't necessarily conscious rap, you know. It wasn't like, you know, all Africa this and all that. It was more like it was real. You could relate to what he was saying. He had stuff like, you know, where my homie calls, you know, he was talking about, you know, just having conversations with his boy that was in jail and stuff like that. Like, you know, it was it was the Tupac that the streets really appreciated because he was just being honest. He was just being true to himself. So, you know, we seventh, eighth grade, you know, we in the house just rocking the Tupac tape. Yes, tape. <laughs> yes, LP just, you know, dated himself. So we rocking and, you know, my uncle comes in and he's like, who was that? I'm like, Uncle Vince, this this that new Tupac, just that Tupac Shakur. And he was like, Tupac, Tupac. So like, nah, Uncle, nah, Uncle Vince, not too, not too pack, Tupac. 
So he listened to it for a little bit, you know, and what we quickly understood about our uncles, you know, <laughs> just when they're listening to music with us is like, they understood the rap stuff because they could always go like, oh, they took this beat from here. And then we go like, what? Then they would play us that song. We go like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> so he's listening. He's feeling it. And then he's like, oh, I got it. And we're like, what's up, Uncle Vince? What you get? He was like, I know why they call him Tupac. We're like, no, not Tupac, Tupac, Tupac. Pac. He was like, nah, his name Tupac. We like, well, he was like, cause his name Tupac Shakur. Cause he he need two packs of beer, then he's secure. We like, what? Yeah, Tupac. <laughs> I'm like, man, what are you? <laughs> and it took us a second to get it. We was like, oh, like beer's like, no, no, um, that's not it. He's like, nah, that's his name now. And he called him Tupac for like five, six years. He's like, that's my man, Tupac Secure. Like, man, and we always remember the joke. So sometimes we'd be telling our friend, like, that's my man Tupac. Man, it's Tupac. Like, you don't even get it. But, man, I mean, he was an awesome chef. You know, he kind of did his thing over at Xavier University for a long time, did that. And, you know, we just appreciated his energy and his spirit. So um, rest easy, Uncle Vince. We really appreciate you and we love you, man. Um, And that was... That was basically last Sunday, and it was it was super tough getting through it. It was really nice to, you know, be around the fam. And let me tell y'all something. Like, real talk. All that sick stuff that was around a few years ago is still here. You know, everybody's dapping each other up. Everybody's hugging each other, you know. We posing for pictures, and we're outside doing this. It's super cold, y'all. It's so cold. We're in our old neighborhood, you know, people blowing their horn. Like, man, we love you, huh? You know, we like, hey, what's up? It's so cold. We all huddled up, posted up for pictures and stuff. And we're not really thinking about, you know, it's still different viruses floating out here. You know, COVID out here. You know, the flu out here, like, you know, you ain't griefing, you know, you're trying to you know, get at everybody. You know, a lot of us had masks on and stuff like that, but I don't really think we were thinking of, you know, thinking about that. Fast forward to, I think it was Tuesday. I woke up and man, I was done. Like, I... I couldn't even really pinpoint what was happening. I didn't feel sick, you know, when I went to bed Monday night. I wake up Tuesday and I'm like, man, it's over. I'm like, I'm not even getting out of bed. Then I thought about it. Like, I got to get the kids to school. I'm like, I really got to do this. You know how you, you know, you get at the alarm clock, you know, on your phone pretty much. Some people like to set it a little bit earlier to kind of, you know, get that feeling of sleeping a little bit more. I got the alarm set for 530. I don't really need to be up to like probably six or so. Man, I I hit snooze to about 630. I, I just basically got up. I don't know how I got dressed. I don't know. It must have been the man upstairs that, that got in my steps or something. Like, because... 
I found myself downstairs just slumped on the couch, like just slumped right there. I'm like, you. sometimes you get so sick, but you got to do something that you got to just sit very still and summon enough energy to do what you got to do. I just sat there. The kids came downstairs and everybody like, Daddy, you okay? I'm like, no. They're like, oh, sh-. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we on that one. I'm like, I got the mask on and the car dropping the kids off. And they looking like, Daddy, you going to be okay? I'm like, I don't know. So we're on break. You know, I'm good. And I'm especially good because, you know, I kind of finished my whole, you know, student teaching thing, you know, climbing back into doing what I always do, doing what I've been doing. But now I'm going to make sure I got the super duper license to do it. And we'll jump into that next week or whatever. So, you know, I'm good. I'm like, luckily, I don't have to, you know, actually go to school and teach kids because, there would be no way I could have made it, y'all. It's a wrap. So I'm like, I'm not due to pick up the kids at like 2 o'clock. I'm like, it's cool. And it's like, what, 8.45 right now? Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and rest for a little bit. Then, you know, get up, do what I got to do. I sat in the same spot. Hat on, jacket on. I sat there from 9 o'clock. Until about one thirty, didn't move, never got up to use the bathroom. I didn't have to, never got up to eat. I literally sat in the same spot and just slept and coughed and wheezed. I, I was like, man, I am no good to the world, y'all. Like, <laughs> like, what is this happening to me? Like, what is this? Took a COVID test. You know, I summoned strength to do that. Not COVID. I'm like, damn, I don't know. (laughs) So I said a quick prayer, got up because I still had to pick up the kids. Don't know how I did it. I'm like, man, I'm y'all. I'm in traffic. I'm like, I'm like, if I got pulled over, would I be under the influence? Because I'm like, I, I was able to like, you know, Fix a concoction. Like, y'all, it it, would have been... Look, I probably smelled like cough syrup until last Friday. (laughs) Like, I had to. Like, I reeked of Robitussin, y'all. It was was crazy. Like, so I popped that. That must have been what slumped me, I guess. I'm in traffic. I'm like, it's not like I'm about to fall asleep, but I'm like, damn, if I stop this car, I might Earl. So I'm like, I'm going, you know, when I get to a red light, I'm going like one mile an hour just to keep the car moving, y'all. Like, I'm like, damn. I'm like, I'm going to have to call these kids an Uber for the next day. Like, I'm not (laughs) going to do this. I get the kids home, man. I climbed upstairs and I was in slumber. The kids are like, because I very rarely get sick. Like, I'll, I don't know. I think I'm just one of them lucky people that don't get sick. Or I guess, like, you know, when you're a parent, you really can't get sick. Because, like, I still had to do all of this stuff. 
I'm like, dude, every day from there got progressively better. But this is really the first day, you know, since Monday, the day after the funeral, where I've been able to talk for long stretches without just going, and and even this is kind of sort of tough. Like, look, long story short, y'all, it is more than just COVID out there. Like, for real, it it really is. And get you a flu shot. I don't know. Get get all your shots. Every shot that you can get, ask for it. Get it. Just get them all. If you can get them all at one time, do that. Like, do whatever you need to do. Because, and I, whoo. It was it was not a joke. It was not a game. Like sh- shout out to the fam for for pushing me through it. Cause, <laughs> oof. Now I was in the grocery store today, masked up, just kind of looking at people like, like you know, we really should all just go ahead and put our masks back on. Cause it, it it's too many illnesses just out here, just just ready to bang back at people. So. That was my week in a nutshell, y'all. <laughs> like, like it really was. Just went from like despair to sickness and just kind of climbing out of that hole. But hey, man, it's Christmas time. Everybody home, eggnog for everybody. Um, regular and otherwise eggnog. So, hey, pour one up <laughs> and pour some for the fam too, because we appreciate it. And make sure y'all um make sure y'all stay locked in for next week, man. Uh, we we gonna have more stuff for you. Um, I might pop up on some other podcasts. So if you see me pumping those out, make sure you listen to those too. Make sure you get at me. And as always, y'all, man, life is good. And I know the year closer and everything. I, I've had a lot of people just kind of get at me about that particular tagline, like. Why that tagline at the end of every episode? And it's really simple. It's what I say at the end of every one of my classes because, I mean, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening, as bad as it seems, like, life is good because no matter what, you get to wake up, you get to do it all over again, and you can make it better than it was before. So life is good, man. I mean, as long as you get to redo it over again, it can't help but be good. So that's that's kind of my thing. I mean, positivity reigns supreme for me. So <laughs> that's what the tagline is about. Life is good, y'all. Catch y'all next week. Peace out. If you're not ready for the conversation to end, I'm not either. Make sure to catch me on Twitter. That's the Cincy Fan Talking. Leave off the G at the end of it, and we can keep the conversation going. Also, don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes. The episodes will drop every Tuesday. If there's a change in that, I'll make sure to let you know. Appreciate the support. As always, life is good. Mm